Welcome to the Celtics NBA Bubble Podcast. My name is Jordan Martins. I'm joined by Christian Williams, and this is presented to you by ScreensAndRhymes.com. We're going to be talking about our favorite team, the Boston Celtics. I've been writing about the Celtics since 2013, and Christian has been hopping on with me since about 2014. We've been documenting our favorite team. Uh, Christian Williams, tell the people who you are. Going on, first of all, Jordan, thanks so much once again for inviting me on to, to talk hoops, catch up. Always love there. Yep, my name's Christian Williams. I met Jordan back at Northeastern, back when we were doing journalism classes, and he was actually going to class, and I would slip in at the end. Yeah, and huge hoop fan. Did the journalism thing for a little bit, ended up moving out to LA to now get into the whole film and media world, doing that side of it. But um, one thing that always stays consistent is just the, the love for the hometown and then love for hoops and, of course, Celtics basketball. Yeah, so you're out in L.A., I'm in Jersey City, so we're both further from Boston than when we grew up, but still got love for the team, and we're going to take the next hour or so to chop it up about the future, a little bit about, you know, the COVID situation, the George Floyd protests and social unrest and the players' responses. You can follow me at at Jordan underscore Martins on all platforms. You want to drop your platform? Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at C Willikers. It's spelled just how you think it is. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at CWill34. We've been doing this. How, how have you been do- doing in this whole COVID world? Just surviving, bro? man, just like everybody else, you know. It's obvious to say that, you know, no one expected that we'd be in this position. But if COVID and then you're, you're piling on, you know, the, the social change that I feel is happening in the country or trying to happen anyways. It's been it's been an exciting, interesting, and and scary uh, couple months, but we're getting through it. And um, thank God, basketball's back in a couple weeks. <laughs> we have been really excited about the season. I forget when we were like, "Yo," I think maybe maybe it was Tatum's ascent in February. We were like, "Yo," this is gonna be really fun to talk about the team this year. And things came to an abrupt halt. It's crazy because I feel like the NBA ending was like around March thirteenth or or that week. That was like the symbol, like, oh, shit is not normal. Like, <laughs> it, it, that was like the red flag for the whole country, Rudy yeah. Gobert and, and the Jazz. Yeah, no, 100%. That was like, I feel like people were just like, oh, it's kind of here, but no, it's it's still like out in China and then like out in Europe or whatever. Um, I remember being at work and, you know, we were all kind of in an editing session, but then like we all kind of had the news on at the same time. And then like, all of a sudden, all of us were just like, yo, the NBA season's canceled. And then it was just kind of like all around the room was like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. It, it got real in that moment. And I think, like you said, like, I feel like that kind of oh, shoot moment happened throughout the country in that instance. Like, once the league was canceled, then it was just like, okay, the country's kind of canceled right now because, like, this is, this is serious now. Yeah, I know me personally at my nine to five situation, I had a bunch of events planned that I was really excited about that I've been working on since like last year. And, you know, the idea was like, okay, still NBA events were like, you know, large scale events. So I'm like, oh, okay, the events I'm doing, you know, probably be less than like 100 people at one time. So I'm still going to be good to kind of go. But like the speed of which it went from NBA arenas closing and all of that to you know where we are now and we've been on lockdown for months new york city's been locked down since march i know la you guys are kind of back to phase one in california right 
Yeah, we were locked down, um, I think like the 13th or the 15th, we, we officially locked down. Then for whatever reason, we opened up in June and now we're certain cases have been spiking again so now we're right back down to pretty much phase one that's so crazy yeah i'm actually gonna quickly share on screen on my zoom experience spending like 300 400 plus hours on zoom for the nine to five so yeah i mean december 28th i was at this toronto raptors game versus celtics i was pretty pissed because we got blown out you know you know we'll talk about the toronto matchup later but the prospect of you know being in the garden and i don't think i really I mean, I ended up going to this game solo because I ended up getting tickets super last minute and they were like 200 plus. My friend who would go is, you know, not a C's fan. He lives in Boston. So like, all right, cool. I'll just go to this game. But really, like, I appreciate it so much more now because the prospect of us being in NBA arenas, I feel like it's not going to be a thing until maybe the 2021-2022 season. That's, you, you don't appreciate it until it's like really gone. It's like, man, I haven't been to... That just gives me like nostalgia because I haven't been to a garden game probably since like I want to say 2016. Like that was probably the last the last time I went was to a playoff game. It was, uh, it was actually it was first round. Uh, I think it was like game four. I think it was on the team and he dropped like Hawks. Like that was the last time. Because then after that I moved out here and. Um, then it's been trying to see Celtics versus Clippers because those tickets are cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not anymore. But we'll, we'll we'll go back to to that and kind of like classic game stuff because I've been passing time. Shout out to Locked On Celtics podcast. They did a really dope deep dive. John Krause, shout out to the homie Dart Adams. That was on an episode about the whiteness of the 80s Celtics. That's been cool to go back. And, you know, I've watched a couple games yeah, I've watched game, what is it, game five of the 08 finals where we had that crazy comeback in L.A. Yeah, yeah, where we're down by like a thousand points and <laughs> and came back. So that was like, I casually worked to that. Um, but yeah, I've just been optimistic about the season coming back. So I haven't necessarily watched stuff from this year, but it's been nice to go back and kind of, you know, reminisce about the 08 squad and even, you know, talking about that IT team. It's just crazy where we are now. I did not see the the Kyrie uh, dysfunctional 18 team, but I, I did go check out a game in Boston, like I said. But I try to go once a year. And we went to a game. Did we go in 2016? Maybe 2015? We might have went to a game together in MSG. Yeah, we I think that was um, I think that was 2016. Yeah. 26, like early, like wintertime 2016 or something like that, and or early spring. And we went to MSG to watch the Celtics play. Yeah, so we try and make it out once a year, but now it's like crazy the prospect of really not being able to catch games. So definitely uh, reminiscent about that and the fact that damn we might not have that for a while. So let's switch gears for a little bit. We were you know talking about COVID and the social justice movement that's happening right now. R.I.P. to John Lewis, Rep. Lewis who. I've actually saw him speak, which is like really moving. Like we're 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 in such a, a crazy time right now, and I think it's great. I have a lot of homies that work in the industry. I have a homie that works in the NBA PA, and he was talking about personally. He feels like it's not safe. It doesn't make sense to go back. We were both in agreement that our boy AB, shout out to former Celtic Avery Bradley, 
was smart in talking about, hey, if we're going to come back, we need a new agenda. You know, like the league has to step up as far as diversity. You know, as black males, we know like we live these realities every day. It's great that shout out to white folks for waking up and, and trying to make a change. But how do you feel about the players like taking that stance of almost not coming back? Like, like I actually was happy to sacrifice the season if that's what it was about. Like, what, what was your take on that? My take on that is it's, it's pretty similar. I think that that's good. Like, if we're going to sacrifice the season to really put forth all, our, all of our energy into this movement, um, which is, you know, Black Lives Matter, and, and really just asking for real reform, real change, um, I'm, 100, I'm 110% behind that. Um, but in saying that, I, I want us to have a real plan, a real game plan to go forth and push forward that movement and push forward those actions into that. I just don't want it to be, to be lip service, you know what I mean? Or to say like, hey, we're, we're taking away from, we're taking our eyes and our focus away if we play, but then there's no, there's no game plan, there's no action behind that. And so that's what I really want because even, even with the stuff like with, with the league, as far as like putting like, okay, you can put messages on the back, on the back of your jerseys and we'll paint like Black Lives Matter on the court and stuff like Yo, that. Yo, why did they do our boy Gordon Hayward crazy talking about he was going to wear All Lives Matter and stuff? <laughs> NBA Twitter is crazy. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let my boy G live. Those are all, those are all great. Those are kind of like, just like, hey, we see you, we hear you kind of things, but like, what are we doing for real change? That's kind of what I want. I want, like, if the focus is going to be that and you're telling me like, hey, I'm going to put forward real change. I'm going to really do something to like try it with this, with this time that I have now that I'm not playing. And, and that's just the, the NBA narrow point of view. Like all of us need to, to do this. But with this time that I'm not playing, like I'm really going to put forward the energy and the action, try and put forward real change. I'm a thousand percent for that. But if you're kind of just giving us lip service, you know, then I think you can use your platform to be vocal and still also play that 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 that's where i am i I want like if you're gonna if you're gonna really try to put forward change a thousand percent for that i just want us to have a game plan long story short and if we have a game plan hey cancel the whole season and let's go through this like full force perfect example even though it's you know slightly skewed but it's still in the same tree right it's a branch from the same tree maya moore for WNBA, she put her career on pause because something she believed in and she actually made it actionable. She, she put forward the energy and the time to make change into what she believed in and she was successful. Granted, she was doing it for an individual versus like an entire societal movement, but still she, she, she did that. She said, I'm putting my career on pause, this is not as important as making the fundamental change that I believe in because it's the right thing to do. And so if A.B., Kyrie, Dwight... Kyrie shoutouts now? <laughs> okay. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> as a black man, yes. But as a Southern fan, we're going to talk Kyrie Greasy later. Yeah. So that, that's all. That, that's my whole piece on that. You, you can drink to the amount of times. Take a shot for every time we take a shot at Kyrie. All right? This is for the listeners. If you're listening, you can, should like and repost on SoundCloud. You can post it to social media. All of that good stuff, by the way. Shout out to you. Yeah, what you were saying with platforms. So a good example of that, I believe it was Jeremy Grant 
I forget what team he's on because he's he's either in Denver or OKC, but he was spending time talking about like on the Zoom calls. That's, this is how the media is like happening. Like not a lot of the media is actually in Orlando. So they're there on Zoom calls, kind of like we're doing right now. At the end of every question, he was like, yeah, but can we bring this back to Breonna Taylor? Breonna Taylor's killers are still out. So I love that players are using their platform in that way, because honestly, we know protests are still happening in almost every major city. But the media, I feel like, has kind of moved on a little bit. Like they're sharing it way less. Part of that is an agenda, and we can talk about that another time. But yeah, it, I like that players are using their platform in that way. And some players were actually donating their salaries to different causes, which is awesome. So their remainder of pay, I mean, guys who are getting on their second and third deals can do that. I believe in New Orleans, Drew Holiday, uh, fantasy darling Drew Holiday was donating his uh, salary. Um, So shout out to them. Shout out to them um, making change. Uh, We're going to get into more bubble fun in a second, but I definitely want to shout out um, definitely Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and also Ennis Cantor. They were out protesting in various cities i know cancer drove from chicago to boston jalen brown drove from boston to atlanta where he's from yeah let's talk about just some of the social movement stuff i'm just going to read some quotes about tatum and his motivations for coming down to orlando and and how they were thinking i decided to play um obviously because we're going to try to compete for a championship but you know i think this uh, hopefully this is a great opportunity to continue to raise awareness and be a part of history um you know, as we continue to Black Lives Matter um, movement and, you know, the fight against racism. Um, and I think uh, hopefully this is going to help. You know, obviously a lot of people are going to be watching. I think we can make a stand, continue to raise awareness and not let it not let the conversation die down. Um, and I think it's going to be a part of history. So I think that's a big reason why I decided to go. So he also added that he was pissed that people were going in on him about his contract concerns. And he said that was overblown. He said that, you know, Tatum comes from a humble background. He's sensitive to the fact that a lot of people are on unemployment right now. You know, to be a million dollar athlete with multi-million dollar problems is a problem. Jalen Brown was talking about. I thought about the opportunity um, that the organization and the NBA presented to play for something bigger than myself. You know, I was signed up right away. Uh, I plan on, you know, using my voice when I'm down there. I plan on inspiring um, or sh- spreading light uh, on on things that are not getting are getting dimmed, and hopefully the NBA and our organization can understand. So I just want to shout out the J team for Jalen Brown specifically. He's been a vocal leader for a long time, but I know players were thinking in the back. It, it's like, man, is this gonna, you know, fuck up a sponsorship deal? Like. Obviously, it's hard for athletes to be vocal, but it's more it's more prominent now more than ever. You know, LeBron kind of paved that way and made that in vogue. But at the end of the day, like we know that they're going down to Orlando to save the salary cap and so that the league does not go under and affect the bread too much. It's it's definitely interesting in this time. And uh, shout out to the players again for even considering not playing and and doing that because in the past the nba has kind of fumbled the bag a little bit with the donald sterling thing they just kind of wore t-shirts they could have not played and a lot of players say that they regret playing after um donald sterling was uh outed for being a racist when we know he was a racist for like 30 plus years but yeah i mean the celtics as an organization were the first to have a black player the first integrated team 
with I believe I don't know if with Bill Russell was the first player, but he obviously was one of the first most winningest player. He was a player coach as well. So Celtics have a great track record when it comes to um, black players. Maybe we're not known as like Brad Stevens isn't exactly political, but he's had some cool statements during this time. He's not out there like Pop or, or Kerr is, but it's just funny the perception and the hate that Boston gets, and people think Boston is a white city. We know that that's not the case living there, but that's just what the media and movies show. Just cool to see all the social justice stuff happening, and shout out to the organization and the teams for doing that. Let's talk about the basketball part of this, and and then we can talk about the fun stuff or or what would you rather do you want to go into the the spicy gossipy stuff or you want to get into the hoop let's get into the hoop first let's get into the all right and then we can we can have some fun as we go along so when the season ended we were at 43 and 21 about three games back from the raptors and i believe we had a tiebreaker i know we whooped them in toronto for christmas so we have a chance to affect the standings and we'll talk more about that but our team was surging jt was really ascending into a superstar kemba's knee was uh locked down and and he was not playing well um so he was he was sitting and and, and clearly struggling but yeah i mean we had a lot of promising rookies like grant williams really stepping up shout out to him because we slandered all of our rookies last year besides him let's let's uh how are you feeling about our chances before the bubble and like how are we doing now well before the bubble i loved our chances i love where we were going i love just i love the team i love this the camaraderie the energy from this year between last year is, is night and day so i i really was behind this team and um even though the, the Raptors, they're playing great, by the way, without Kawhi. Like, they, they're they just moving. But I still think they're, they're – that disparity between them is only a seeding thing. Like, I think that number two, number three is, is swappable. And then either one has a, a puncher's chance against the, uh, the Bucks. So I really like where we're at right now – where we were then, excuse me. Coming into the bubble now, I think it's anybody's tournament. I really do, as at least on the east, the eastern side. I think on the west, you know, it's it's Lakers, Clippers. You might give uh, the Rockets a punching chance, but I, I think that it's anybody's game. And and honestly, like the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, who says that we can't take them? I mean, it's it's basically AAU basketball at this point, as as, as far as the the aesthetic of it, right? Because you know, it's just we're going down there, we're going to hoop. There's no home court advantage. There's no crowds. There's no you know, there's no travel. It's just we're going here. In our- strictly hoop. And we're going to strictly hoop. And we got all young legs. We got four all-star caliber players. Now, you want to say Gordon Hayward and Jalen yeah, Brown aren't technically all-stars at this point. But all-star caliber-ish, we have that. And I think that that matches up with Milwaukee outside of the size. I just want to say we predicted that, or at least I did on the last pod. I was saying that Tatum was going to be an all-star perennial, like moving forward. He did that. And we'll talk more about Tatum's descent in a minute. But Brown had a borderline all-star season and definitely deserved the contract that he got. At this point, it kind of, I think both sides are happy with it. You know, like people thought it was an overpay and then he played into that role. But also all of those deals, you know, the cap is definitely going down. Like, yeah. It's a global downturn. So, you know, the that Brown signing was great for both sides. 
Um, I was uh, yeah. Let's let's move to to Tatum, man. Cass was saying that he was questionable on coming back because of his contract status. Um, obviously we we dif- dispelled that, but his main concerns were the his contract, you know, and they had to get some type of special insurance because he's probably gonna get the max, <laughs> or actually not probably he's definitely getting the max after the season that he had, averaging almost thirty thirty points a game uh, over the last the month of February, pretty much when Kemba was out. He was uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month then, um, but yeah, he he cited you know social distancing, uh, social justice concerns, the virus concerns, and two year olds Deuce as the reason why he was like skeptical of going in. So I think he's fully bought in. I think like we have no captain of the team right now, but he would kind of, I guess Smart would have to be captain. But you know what I mean? Like everybody's looking at Tatum as that guy. Like feed him, and and see where we go. And from all indications of what I've heard, he's got a new look, you know, like people were talking about, you know, he put on so much muscle. Um, he looks great in practices like Tatum, I believe, is he's now 22. So he's starting to really develop that body that, you know, we you get as a, as a young man, like he came in as really a boy. And now he's turning into a man in front of our eyes. And it's everything that I we wanted for him for benchmarks. He might have exceeded where I thought he would be at this point. Like, how do you feel about Tatum's ascent? Yeah, I, I think he definitely, um, he, he, like, if there's, we always talk about, or we, like, everybody in basketball always talks about the leap. And I think he definitely, like, this year was the leap for him. He's averaging 23.6, so let's just say 24 a game overall on the season before it ended, seven rebounds. I mean, last year, it was around 15, but it was as far as efficiency goes and everything, it was just a bad year for him. Like um, compared to his rookie year, like he averaged more numbers, but it just didn't look good. And so people were kind of like outside of Boston, I would think people were like, uh, where is he actually going? Is he, is he going in maybe more of like a, can he be that number one guy that maybe that, uh, that next coming of, of Paul Pierce for the, but for this age, and, I, and not saying their games are comparable, but, like, that next centerpiece for the Celtics for the next, you know, five to ten years? Or is he going to be more of, like, a really good role player? And I think he put all that to bed with how he was playing. And in a podcast, I forget which one it was, so I apologize, but Jalen Brown even mentioned that, you know, once he became an all-star, like, once he, like, he was balling all year, but once he, like, really heard, like, hey, you are officially an all-star, I think that brought his confidence up to, like, 200%. And then he was like, I'm that guy. Like, give me the rock. I'm balling. And, you know, you you hoop. I hoop. I mean, at least to the best of our abilities in playgrounds and, and YMCAs or whatever. But it's like. Yeah, we had our glory days, but I'm still out there. I still get some good run in. COVID ruined a couple indoor basketball opportunities. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like it's confidence is everything. When you're feeling great, like you can't tell that confidence. Like he was already polished, anyways. But I think that just like shot him through the roof. And um, I think now his mentality is, hey, like Kemba's Kemba's like you know that guy. Like as far as like um, he's established, Gordon Hayward's established. But me, like this is my time. Like I'm that dude for this team now. And I think he has that mindset coming to the bubble. That's why you see he looks stronger and he's looking great in practice. And I think 
it's gonna carry over into this bubble tournament. I think a lot of things are gonna carry over for sure. Like the chemistry, the fact that, you know, cats were in China for a long time doing the FIBA uh, qualification for um, the now postponed Tokyo Olympics. I know we, you know, the team didn't do great, but we had four guys on that team. So the continuity, the fact that these guys like each other, unlike, you know, last year, which we always like to reference, apparently um, Ennis Cantor was on Bill Simmons podcast. And he said that like, you know, the governor and Mayor Walsh were talking about, man, this team looks so much more happy. So everybody knows how bad the chemistry was last year. And like the most refreshing thing about this year was how locked in everybody was, the fact that people liked each other, the fact that, you know, Marcus Smart took that leadership role and had cats, you know, uh, hanging out and actually liking each other instead of like taking shots at each other in post game interviews. Like that, that was not the wave. Like last season, shit, we, we, we texted a lot about how unhappy we were watching that team. And honestly, I've tuned, I don't remember, I don't think I've enjoyed watching a team as much. You know, there's so many storylines this year as far as Kemba and how he's been integrated. Um, Haywood was playing great until he got hurt. And then also, um, Jalen Brown's ascent. There was just like so much, like the rookies. There's so much to really root for and be excited about. And also, it was a feel good story because the expectations were a little lower this year, admittedly, us included, right? Like nobody expected us to to be tied for almost a two seed. I know we're a little below, but like we're neck and neck with Toronto. You know, like Milwaukee's number one, but I really think that we have an opportunity to do something special in Orlando and. I think our ceiling is the finals. We'll talk more about that. But yeah, I just wanted to, on the topic of, of Jason Tatum and his new look, oh man, I had to talk about it. I had to talk about it. So I'm going to share my screen for a second on some Zoom shit. Uh, so on the podcast, you won't hear it, but on Instagram TV. All right, so your boy, right now I got the low fade, but during quarantine, I grew my, my shit out. It was pretty, pretty long. My beard was savage. I'd actually trimmed that a little bit. The curls were there. I I could have came back and done what JT has going on right now. You feel me? But I was like, nah, you know, let me just go short and be practical because I felt like we were going to have a second wave or third wave, as people suggested. So I went with the fade, but just let it be known that I respect my light-skinned brother, Jason Tatum, and his haircut. And because he got the beard fully connected and he got the curls out, it's a problem. So watch out, Orlando. My boy, JT is out here and he means business and he's looking sharp. <laughs> it's definitely the, the light skin look 2020 for sure. Facts. Him and Gordon Hayward, they're going to kill the league with the haircuts. So I'm, I'm about it. So watch out, Orlando. JT, his new look from the muscles to the hair is coming for y'all. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I uh, my muscles are all good in COVID. You know what I mean? I've been working out here and there, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't put on 20 pounds of muscle. Let's say that. <laughs> no, everybody's got that that, uh, that COVID-19, but it's all it's all food. <laughs> COVID-19 instead of the, instead of the uh, freshman 15? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, watch out, man. I really think Tatum's going to lead our team. I'm really, really excited about where he's at. And, I mean, against Toronto, that matchup, um, I I mean, actually, uh, 2K20 is free right now. We're recording this on uh, 
July 18th. So up until August 3rd, you can download 2K20 for free. 2K20 is kind of trash. By the way, 2K kind of fell off with no competition. Anyways, but I was playing us against some of our playoff matchups. And I waxed like Miami. Um, I don't want to play Philly because Brent Simmons is broken in that game. We know in real life he makes terrible decisions and can't shoot. But uh, <laughs> against Toronto, man, we were like, you know, the matchups, we really do match up really well against Toronto. Like, I, I think we have the advantage just because I don't know why. I just feel like we do. Um, I think we have more talent slightly and um, 2K's talent meter confirm that i like the matchup of our our, our backcourt better just because you know they're a little undersized but yeah siakam's a problem but i i really i'm not really fearful of toronto i mean philly's the matchup that everybody's talking about how are you feeling about the philly matchup what's 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 your take on on philly because you know they had time to switch up their lineup i guess they're moving horford to the bench they have um this is Shake Milton, they're a, a new point guard prospect. Um, they're moving Ben Simmons to the four. Ben Simmons is healthy. Embiid is apparently in shape talking about transformations. So at the end of the day, for me, they're coached by Brett Brown. So there's always going to be a ceiling. But um, how do you feel about that Philly matchup? Um, To be honest, I know everybody talks about Milwaukee being like the team and that's fine. I think we we're we're okay with Milwaukee. The Philly matchup does give me concern. I mean, like you said, Brett Brown will always Brett Brown, and so there's always that chance he just messes it up for the team. But they got size, and and we that's that's one of our weaknesses. Um, I love the fact that we have Robert Williams back. Grant was great for us, but he's still undersized. Um, we have Tyson Cantor and. Maybe Vinny Sex Jacket, maybe he gives us something. But our 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 bigs, um, you know, safer safer canter aren't exactly big or or um or experienced. So, you know, I I have a little leeway, uh, or I feel a little leery, excuse me, um, with our matchup in Philly. I think what was our record during the regular season? Did we only win like one game against? Yeah, them? we were three and one. I mean, I think one of the closest games might have been like the opening game. Um, I don't remember when we beat them. I think Simmons or Embiid was out. Um, I mean, they've they've been all over the the place, right? Like they their road record is trash, but they're really good at home. So that's that's my real question about them. It's like, what are they going to look like as a team with no home court advantage? That's also going to hurt us as well because we have one of the best home court advantages. It's great to be in the garden. Um, Yeah, I'm a little – I'm weary for sure. I'm not going to lie. Um, But – that's why we're talking about Tristan Thompson potentially being like a, a pickup offer. Like it's crazy how we were at the part of the season where we were ramping up, talking about seedings. We were locked into three. They were locked into six. So it was like, okay, we know we're going to face them. Who can we pick up on this scrap heap? But I feel like that's just gone by the wayside. Like how we conventionally think about the season and late season pickups. That's not, that's not what the reality is anymore. So we're kind of riding with who we do have, but we have a young squad um you know their legs are going to be ready to go we have robert williams finally healthy and he's barely been healthy he he's had some good moments this season 
So I'm I'm really mm-hmm. curious how it's gonna go. Obviously, cancer is gonna get cooked by Embiid. Like, yeah. cancer. Huh, I don't know about that matchup. Tice, Tice, Tice is all right, but like, if Embiid is in shape, I think Embiid is the X factor, which which is crazy. If Embiid comes on and and he's tearing it up and he's in great shape, I don't know, but. I still like our chances. I don't know why. Probably just because I'm being an irrational homer. I think that, you know, four through one, or one through four, however you want to go in that order, I think that we have that that advantage positionally, at least in our starters. But even though we don't have a conventional four, so maybe three through one, um, although I'll take I'll take Tatum over Simmons every day of the week. But um, and twice on Sunday, yeah. and twice on Sunday. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I, yeah, like you said, Embiid's the X factor because on the one hand, we don't really have any one of our bigs that can really guard him, right? Like if he gets going and he's into it, like that's an automatic bucket. I mean, that was the biggest the- part about Al Horford leaving, right? It was he was really yeah. great. I mean, you can't stop Embiid; you can only hope to contain him. The only thing that can stop Joel Embiid is his stamina and whether or not he's chilling out by the, the top of the arc, right, at the three-point line. But also Baines. We lost Baines and we lost Horford. So it's kind of, you know, tying into our last pod. It's like, what are we doing with our, our lack of size? You know, like, we, we we do have serviceable bigs. You can patch together minutes with Tice and, and Williams and Cancer. And the reason why I put Williams in front of Cancer is because in that matchup, he's going to get cooked. You know, I like... I really do actually like cancer in certain matchups, but I just, I don't know how, you know, he's just in, in that Toronto game, seeing it in person, like every single guard scored on cancer. I, I don't think he could stop a wet paper bag, you know, going by him. He's just, he's a sieve on defense. He's so useless, right? Like he's, he's basically unplayable against Embiid. But give give him credit though on I I mean he's Swiss cheese on the defensive end, but offensively, he'll come right back down and score a bucket right back on any big in the league. Like he can score, he has good footwork and and as far as offensive rebounds, I mean, you know they, there's a re Cantor has value. It's just not defensively. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like his. It just, it just depends on, on matchups, right? If we're not getting killed, I mean, the league doesn't have a lot of dominant bigs, so really depending on matchups, you know, Kander is playable. But we're going to look at the the schedule moving forward and kind of predict. So right now, Boston is at the third seed and Philly is at the sixth seed, right? So I kind of want to, like, look and see what our predictions are in these games, but it's so hard to predict. Mm-hmm. But let's let's just like look at the teams real quick. So we have scrimmages obviously happening on the twenty fourth and uh this pod is dropping the week of that. But the main games start uh July thirty first at six thirty PM. We're going up against Milwaukee. Um I mean that's a wash. Let's just say that's an L for sake of conversation, right? Portland, I think we're gonna win against Portland even though they're healthy. Miami, I'll put a W, but it might be tough. Uh, Brooklyn, let's say that's a dub because they got nobody on their squad. Toronto, let's say that's a dub. Orlando, that's a dub. Memphis, that's a dub. Washington, that's a dub. So let's say all in all, like, we have three real teams we're playing. So so I think at worst we'll go five and three, right? 
So I feel like we have a chance to actually move up, but it really we really need to clinch that August 7th game against Toronto because if Toronto keeps the two, you know, my, I think the Nets are in seven or the, the eighth is – seventh and eighth seed are trash. So if we can move up to two, that bodes well for us. But I really do not want to see Philly in the first round. Just just to be real. No. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the, the, I mean, I think the, the very first game right out the gate is going to be a litmus test against with Milwaukee. Um, Portland, I, I would love for us to win that game, but that, that's kind of a push for me. The Portland game will be interesting just on a broader scale, like looking outside of the Celtics because, like, you know they're hungry and they're trying to get into the playoffs. So, like, will they be just – they're going to be like – this isn't going to be a warm-up game for them. They're going to be on, like, full tilt. Like, we're trying to – Oh, yeah. Dame was like, don't bring me there unless we can, you know, play a meaningful game. So, you're right. Actually, that is a little more of a toss-up. And and their their team is getting healthier. I don't know if Nurkic is back, but they should have Zach Collins back. I think both are back. So, that's – yeah, because Melo, Melo is sliding down to the three. He lost weight, and he's, he's like – they call him skinny Melo now. So, uh, that that's going to be a game. That, that I wouldn't sleep on that game. Um, Miami, we should win. I like Miami, but we, we... That's Tuesday the 4th at 6.30 p.m. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn, that's a dub. Brooklyn, you can actually simulate. That's August 5th at 9. Yeah. Yeah. They have nobody going there. I think just Karis LeVert and and um, a bunch of his cousins. Yeah, they got Jamal Crawford. Jay Crossover coming back. Yeah. So Toronto, that's August seventh. That's definitely a game to watch at nine PM. I think it all kind of goes that that really is the 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 key game because that's gonna impact our seeding the most because I, I think we have a tiebreaker with them. Orlando, they're kinda big. You know, they, they could give us a lot of troubles. They're they're a super big team. That's August ninth. We should watch Orlando though. Like that <laughs> that shouldn't be a competition. If we lose to Orlando, I'm gonna have some real questions. <laughs> Against Philly, if, if yeah, that that that'll bode well. If, exactly, Vegas, Vegas will be interested. Um, August eleventh against Memphis. Oh my God, we should have uh, done a Memphis pick. Watch, I have no clue what's going on with our pick. I, I hope it rolls over though, because this draft is weak. Yeah. And then it says that Washington is to be determined on August thirteenth. I wonder if that's because the team will literally have two serviceable players by that time, and they might have to forfeit, or they're just having TV issues. Yeah, man, um, I don't know, because it looks like are all of them, or all the games, like the last games on the 13th, are they all to be determined for all the teams? Yeah, that was me just trolling. Oh, okay. close to the, they're trying to figure out the TV slot. Um, it's just that Bradley Beal is – I don't think he's going down there, right? He I don't determined. think so. I think- if I was in Washington, there's no motivation for me to go back. I honestly am not a fan of how they decided to have so many teams in. I think it would have been safer to just bring the playoff yeah. teams. I know they brought in 22 teams for revenue purposes and to make up some TV money and to hope that Zion Williamson would play. Zion actually left the bubble, and they said it was for um, emergency situations, so that'll be interesting to watch. But speaking of uh, leaving the bubble, there's been news about your boy, Gordon Hayward specifically, and if we do make it into uh, playoff play, which we definitely will, so August 13th, it looks like it's, it's the wrap-up of games. So the playoffs, I'm, I'm assuming, will start shortly after. His wife is pregnant, and she's due. So there's talk that he may have to leave the bubble probably in early September. So that might even be second round, you know, if we make it, or third round. You know, like, that's 
how what's your level of concern about the Gordon Hayward thing and what's your take on it? I mean, it's for me, it's, it's, it's definitely concerning. Um, the one thing that gives me um, a little bit of hope or, or, you know, I can look at it at, in, a, in a good perspective is that throughout this entire year, we've been kind of playing with one of our one of our guys out. You know what I mean? Like how many I don't know how many games we've actually played with the entire uh, projected started five intact but it's always either Gordon was out or Kemba was out or, uh, or Jalen Brown was out. I'm pretty sure Tatum played pretty much most of the season, but we've never really, like, it's been hard to have like the full gang intact for long. So yeah. um, this team is playing without Gordon. Hayward broke his hands in San Antonio and like, what was it? No, it was really early on. He was playing great um, in fantasy. I was in a crazy fantasy league, and I didn't end up getting a Celtic. I think I ended up getting, like, Tice or Robert Williams because it's, like, blocks and efficiency. But, um, yeah, I, I really wanted Tatum because I knew he'd be on a tear. I didn't know he'd be on this tear. But Hayward, Hayward's, like, PR and, like, all his advanced metrics were crazy. He looked great on the floor. Like, it felt like Utah Golden Hayward was kind of coming back a little bit. And just, like, right as people were talking about it, boom, he breaks his hand. It's like... You know, I don't have a problem with obviously it's the birth of his fourth child, his first son. Uh he's notorious for having a bunch of girls. Um yeah, like I'm excited for him and like on a human level, right? But I could see why fans would be a little annoyed just because at this point he's in year three of this contract. He could actually opt out, but I doubt that he will. I think before there was a that was a question mark. He'd be a fool to not opt into I believe his Thirty-two million dollar deal. He, he's on. He's on the last year of that max deal. He should definitely opt in. Um, I think there's zero percent chance that he uh, he opts out. But yeah, I mean Hayward's tenure has been been interesting, um, and I think on some of our best lineups, like and from a two K perspective too, I feel like Kemba Smart Smart. There's Smart at center, which is interesting, or there's been so many interesting lineups like we can miss and match but some of those lineups are with with gordon not on the floor you know like leading the bench unit there's been times grant williams has been small ball five tatum's been at the four brown at the two smart at, uh excuse me brown at the three smart at the two Kemba at the one so it'll be interesting to see like which version of uh gordon we get back and then also um you know what the rotations are because like you said we haven't been healthy and speaking of um not being healthy your boy kemba walker man uh he's apparently going to be on a minutes restriction for the first eight games he sat out some practices um his knee still seems like a problem and i know a lot of the the media reporting has been about that it's been almost like a daily story because there's not really one story about his knee his teammates he says he's fine but like it are you concerned that he's, you know, still having issues with that knee? And what's our what's our ceiling um, with or without Kemba? Oh, I'm 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 definitely concerned. Um, just because it's like he was having the knee issues before we went out, and then you would think that the conventional wisdom or the conventional thought behind it was we had four months of off, and assuming you know maybe you were doing a little bit of training, but you weren't like going full tilt, like that should have been sufficient healing time to at least get maybe not a hundred percent, but to get better than where you were like back in March. And the fact that it's still giving you problems 
um, that, that's a concern. That's definitely a concern. And so, look, like we're, we're not a better team without Kemba. I think we can survive stretches without him. Um, I love Marcus Smart in the starting lineup, but we're not a better team. Like I, my prediction of us, like trying to take down a Milwaukee or something like that, go down drastically if we don't have Kemba in there playing, you know, at least 30 minutes a game. And Kemba came back. So Kemba had an interesting year. Before in Boston, he was known as like an Iron Man. Like he barely missed games, period, right? So he came here, and it's, it's he's had a great season. I have no complaints about, about Kemba, to be real. Like, I mean, he's undersized, right? And that's really the concern. He's he's 30 years old, like me, so he's entering in close to wash territory, right? Like, if, if, if the deal that he signed, like, by the end of it, he's a small guard. If If this knee thing becomes a thing... That's concerning. I mean, we saw that, unfortunately, with our boy IT. Yeah. yeah, we saw that with with our boy IT. You know, like he was he had diminished returns and he never got that brink struck. I'm glad Kemba got the contract that he got, but you know he had that really scary incident. I think it was in Utah where he had like his neck snap back and yeah. it it was super scary. And and I was I thought he was gonna miss a lot of games and I thought that was gonna be scary, but he was fine. Thank God. The knee thing was confusing because I know. I think before All-Star, we kind of shut him down. And then he played a ton of minutes in the All-Star game somehow. And then when he came back after All-Star, you know, he was limited. Like, he was not he was not moving the same. And I think he missed some games as well. So, Kemba's knee, I think, is a muscular thing. Like, they, they're not really giving information. But really, what's concerning is, you know, how many times has this happened before for the squad? You know, with KG's knee being an issue. And, oh, it's fine. And then he didn't come back in 09 or like Shaq in 2011. So we kind of have this like weird history with the C's medical staff or IT even like, like not really like, you know, being the communication, not being transparent, but also kind of being sus, but it's also a brand new staff since that time. I think it was the same uh, endless cert for the longest time. And then after IT, they kind of let him go. So I think that's uh, them admitting some guilt. Um, man, shout out to IT, bro. I, I, yeah. Uh, fond memories for the ITCs. I've definitely uh, been thinking about them and and uh, watching some highlights. Fun team, man. That that was that was that was an enjoyable team to watch because it was just like it's like being in the gym. And just like I don't care who else is in here. You can have you can have your whole co- old college like roster coming in. I'm rolling with my boys and we're taking you guys. Like I just love the energy of that team. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel like. This is the spiritual successor to that team almost because, you know, Kyrie, the first year was kind of exciting in 20, uh, I believe it was 2018. Yeah, 2018 or in 2017, 2018. And then, you know, he got injured. Hayward got, was injured early. And then we had like T. Rose. We were excited about that and, and Tatum's emergence. And then obviously last year, things getting out of hand with the chemistry and blaming Kyrie. So so take your shots now because I'm I mentioned Kyrie like twenty times. But um <laughs> yeah, the Kyrie thing, I mean, listen, I one hundred percent, you know, love the sense that he took and, and questioning things. But it was just interesting that, you know, Kyrie was gonna get paid either way because he was injured. So it was like really interesting to get his take on it because Kyrie is like a household name. His sneakers sell well. So yeah, people were people had like mixed takes about Kyrie talking about it. It's like Kyrie came out and anytime he talks, it's just like sounds like white noise because you I don't know, you can't make heads or tails of it. So when our boy AB came in and had like a more 
succinct version of like what Kyrie was saying, I think more people got behind it. But I'm gonna stop sure. hating on Kyrie now. I promise. I promise. Listen, Kyrie just—he—he he doesn't know how to communicate well. He, he can't articulate himself well. Like I don't think he's dumb. I think he's smart, and there's there's a thought process there. But when it comes out of his mouth, it's just like it's almost like he's he's speaking like eight sentences at once. Like nothing really makes sense. But there is a message there. But he can't. You have to, somebody else has to decipher it because it it, it, ain't, it ain't me. We have to use our third eye. And we have to be flat earthers to decipher his messages clearly. Um, so, anyways, we're moving on from 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 the boy Kyrie. I have actually an interesting Kyrie story. I'll tell you off the air um, about Brooklyn because I work in Brooklyn, right near the Barclays. But all right, um, Robert Williams is coming back. We're excited about that. We're fully healthy. So where do we end up? Um, for me. I think we make it to, depending on the matchups, if we do not play Philly in the first round, I think we'll make it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, for me, it's either first round exit versus Philly or we're making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and we'll see what happens from there. So ECF or first round exit? I know that's two opposite things, but that's where I'm at. Uh, how are you feeling? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out the uh... – the great and also annoying Skip Bayless, and I'm gonna stick to the courage of my convictions. And uh, I had a bet with my boy, uh, fellow Northeastern um, alum, and I said that Celtics are making it, not winning. I won't, I won't go far as winning, but we're making it to the finals. So I'm gonna go on record saying that. Um, of course, that all can go out the window, like you said, with the matchup. I, I'm leery and intrigued by how Philly is going to look in this new setup, but I believe that we can make it through the rounds and then we'll see uh, Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals and we'll kind of shock the world. Not really, It won't be a shock, but I think a lot of people do think we're live, but I think we can get past Milwaukee um, and, and yeah, we'll be in the Finals. Hot take Christian Williams. So Dark Horse C's are going to go on and make it to the finals. So what what would your prediction be then? So we match up well against the Clippers, I think. Yeah, I don't know how we really do against the Lakers. You know, AD is just a force. We we play them pretty well. And Tatum had a – I think that was one of his best games and really kind of started his, his, his run. And um, we lost by two. But I think – I don't know if Kemba was playing, and I know there was some weird – rep stuff so it'll be very interesting i mean southeast lakers finals during quarantine would be great for ratings we would love that yeah if, if we made it to the finals i don't know if we, if we would take it right but it would be great to get that level of experience because we've gotten so close so many not so many times but we've been in the ecf a few times over the last few years so guys like jalen brown and um Tatum have been there, but to actually get the experience in the finals would be great. But really, it's like, what is what is the concept of the finals when, you know, there's not as much fans and media there and hoopla, like no fans. But it's, it's, it's going to be so interesting to, like, watch the games. And have you seen those um, random tournaments that are on, like, ESPN? And it's, like, guys who are, like, 36. <laughs> there's some random 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 league that they like made up that like zell sponsored i forget what it's called but espn has like like i mean 
you know, guys that we played intramurals with are, are probably uh, on that team. Are you talking? Are you talking about the basketball tournament? Yeah, yeah, that's on ESPN. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, granted, there were no fans, but that that didn't look terrible on TV. Like, no- yeah, the angles were interesting, but also like the audio. I think you could kind of hear what they were saying. I was on the phone when I was watching it, but like, man, I really hope that. They would have to have like a a fifteen minute delay uh-huh. <laughs> if they really like cats like talk talk and go at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I th- I think it'll be good. I think the NBA will probably put a little bit more production value behind it. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm I'm excited because that that kind of gave me some perspective of what these games will look like uh, as far as the basketball tournament, just with um, better basketball being played. Yeah, way better. Not not like. A dude that looks like um, he should be an assistant principal out there hooping and hitting game winners, actual players. Um, yeah, I mean, I always love – I loved Orlando Summer League and, and, and Vegas Summer League. We were actually talking about this summer going out to Vegas Summer League because it's a pretty close drive to you, but obviously COVID took that away from us. I mean, even though people out in Vegas were out there with no mask, if you're listening to this, wear a mask when you go out. Be responsible. Your boy's been wearing masks since February before it was really a thing because – New York City is crazy just during like flu season period, but yeah, take this seriously. Anyways, that's that's our PSA. Um, back to my Northeastern WRBB radio days with my my PSA game. Um, let's let's talk about the future of our roster. So we talked about what we think the games will look like, right? So Tatum has his max deal, and that kind of locks us in. Um, what do you think he's gonna sign? I think he's eligible for a four or five year max. What do you think he's going to do? Do you think he, because of the cap, he's going to sign for as much money as possible? You think he's going to give him, he's going to do a player option on the last year, kind of like Gordon's deal. Um, what are you thinking as far as his contract situation, his, his first uh, real big contract? Oh man, I don't know. Can, can you, cause it's not like his second contract. So does he even have the ability to, to put in that option like that on the last year? Or is it just like, kind of like, this is your first big deal off of your rookie deal. Like we're giving you these years and that's it. Yeah. So he's set to earn 9.9 million next season on his rookie deal. I'm um, sorry. I'm pulling up an, an article now on the future of Tatum's deal. So shout out to um, Aishara Blakely of NBC sports, Boston. He had a great piece called how COVID-19 pandemic could affect Jason Tatum's max contract offer from Celtics posted on June 15th. And he goes in depth about how it breaks down. So the cap is probably going to be down from about uh, 115 million projection to about 110 million. So the overall cap is going to be lower. Um, originally, it was going to be like 125 million. So really, the cap is down about 15 million. So that affects percentages because max players are eligible for about like 25% of the max, right? So I know we're talking a lot of numbers here, but a five-year deal is what he's eligible for. 125 uh, million uh, salary cap would pay him 181.25 million. Um, so he would be making about 31.25 million a year with an 8% raise. Um, he would be down to. All right. So if the salary cap drops, which we know it will, his deal is probably only going to be about 174. So his bag is, 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 is lower. He's, 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 getting skimmed on about like 10 mil right um his base salary at that number would be around 30 million Kemba makes about 
uh, 36 million. Jalen Brown makes about 25 million. So that would account for nearly 75% of the team's salary cap. And that's with the cap being 125 million. So I don't know what they're going to do. There's some suggestions about just, I'm talking about the league here, about like kind of um, simulating the cap or like, like, you know, before they had cap spikes instead of smoothing, that's how the Kevin Durant thing happened, where there was a surge of money and it became available. I feel like they'll have to like do some type of smoothing because it's going to mess up everybody's bag who's a star. But if the number was at $125 million and we have three max guys at 75% of the cap, we were kind of capped out and we'd have to get kind of end of the roster guys. So I'm just curious, like, what, what do you like? How do you feel about Tatum, Brown, and Kemba Core? I guess we'd have Gordon one more year. So we'd kind of run it back. But, like, what do you see moving forward? I mean, first of all, all the cap stuff is just, like, completely beyond my brain. I've never been good with math or money. So um, everything you said, I'm going to take as gospel. <laughs> um, but I think, I think obviously, we'll have, we'll have Gordon back one more year. Um, he'll, he'll opt in. And then after that, I don't see us having him anymore. But I think regardless of what we do, like, it'll be good to run back. But regardless of what we do, like the future of this team has to be uh, the, the two Js, the J team, and then whatever else we can build around them. Obviously, we'll have Kemba for a little bit more, a little bit more time. But um, who knows what Danny Ainge might do? You know, Danny Ainge's never been afraid to pull the trigger on that. So maybe – you know, depending on what salaries look like, the cap looks like um, two years from now or something like that. Who knows if he tries to flip him for something else? Um, we also got to see what our younger guys are able to do, how their growth comes in. But I think. So you mean Tremont Waters is the point guard of the future? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I say all that. I mean, hey, my boy. G League main all star. Hey, Carson Edwards. Let's not forget about him. The boy can shoot. Man, Carson Edwards has been watery trash in the actual season. He had like one game of 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 a flash of craziness in in Cleveland. He plays only well in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, granted, he's not a point guard really. He's just like a very small two guard. But yeah, he's like a, a micro size two guard. But you know, I I like a lot of our young guys. I'm just. Grant Williams, I'm actually really impressed with, and I'm happy that we have him on the squad. I think he's going to be a key contributor for a while. Um, but really, that Memphis pick, that's why I'm really hoping that it rolls over because this draft is super light, and we're definitely going to need to build through the draft. Um, and that's why the Kemp situation is so concerning. They gave him the bag. He makes 36 mil a year, and you know his knee is a problem, and he's been an Ironman before coming to Boston. So it's almost similar to Horford, right, where Horford – I mean, Horford kind of had an injury history before he signed in Boston, so he kind of knew what it was. But, um, yeah, Kemba as an undersized guard, you know, it's it's worrisome. But I, I have faith in the J team. Uh, I just hope that Danny can, can build around them moving forward. Um, we were going to talk about free agency and wish list for the summer, but, huh, I mean, I feel like that's 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 a wash. Nobody knows what the hell is going on with that. I don't even know when it is. I think it's going to be in, like, September or October. Which is crazy because everything is going to be super condensed now. Yeah, um, I think they're going to probably not be able to come back until like December. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but I'm glad that the bubble is happening in, in, in recap. But, um, 
yeah, as far as going to NBA games, me and you probably aren't going to link up for a minute to catch games, man. It's crazy. I just touch on something real quick, which is like a concern too, especially we're talking about Kemba and just injuries in general. So everything's going to be condensed down. I mean, we're going to finish the the seeding games mid-August, August 13th, right? Then we jump into the playoffs. That's going to carry over until September, end of September, maybe the beginning of October. We have like a quick pause. Then we're going to try and jump back into a season in December. So their summertime, their off time was held during the lockdown, that those four months. So we're pretty much going to be playing playoffs right into a new season, like consecutive seasons back to back. For guys with injury problems or older players, that's a lot of mileage that's going to be brought on those knees or those, those, those ailing parts right away. So that's going to be concerning on top of, you know, COVID going around. That's going to be concerning for even the next go round when we finally get caught up in a sense. You know what I mean? So that, that's yeah, a- until we get a vaccine, I mean, things are not back to normal. COVID is going to be like an injury almost, you know, or who knows how it's going to be treated. Like, the fact that we have this season, it's almost a thing, is a credit to the NBA for doing as much as they could. I mean, I don't like the plan now because Florida has cases spiking and Florida is just being Florida. But in, in, you know, when they were originally planning this out in March, you know, Florida looked safe. But now, like, New York City would probably be, like, one of the best places to do it. Like, here, being around, like, people have masks on, like, since like March, you couldn't go anywhere without a mask on, but it's eerily, eerily quiet. People really aren't out on the streets. Like last week I was on Williamsburg and downtown. It, it, um, the people were out, but it's not like droves of people, you know, like Florida, like they opened Disney world. Like what, what the fuck is that? Like, I'd be so heated if I was there and then all the, all, you know, (laughs) Just it feels like COVID city, you know, and it's Florida. People are being really dumb about wearing masks. So the nice part about the bubble is the players are able to walk around because there's not fans specifically there. But like I it's not the players, it's the workers, you know, like, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the workers, they're they're wage workers. So it's like, you know, it, it. somebody might feel liable to come in if they need that bag for their family. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. That's why I hate the idea of the bubble. I should have talked about that sooner. It's like, this is, it's not a bubble, man, because it's definitely so many points of entry for the virus to come in. We didn't even talk about the the shorties that are probably going to be coming in, you know, soon. The instant DMs and, and all that spiciness. So who's, or to, to wrap up, who do we think is going to um, violate the bubble? Who's getting calls on um, the NBA snitch line for, for the Boston Celtics? And then... So you want? I want you to predict who's gonna get in trouble on the snitch line, and then who on our team is snitching. Oh man! So I, I want my first my first pick. I, I would say right off the bat would be would be Tatum with the with the curly hair and the light skin tendencies. No offense, but um. Damn, Tatum's a dad. Tatum's wholesome, bro. Damn, bro. Listen, <laughs> Tatum has some drama going on, but we're not even gonna get into that. Um. But with him trying to... Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. I mean, light-skinned dudes had a crazy time this year in the league. Shout-out to, uh, what's his name in Denver, bro? Wilding out on, on, on IG Live. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. 
Um, Jamal Murray. You didn't hear about Jamal Murray? Yeah. All right. Yes, I did. Um, yes. Not safe for work. So if you're working from home, you can figure out what happened to Jamal Murray. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, but I think with the- We got hacked, quote unquote, hacked, right? right? Everybody gets hacked. Um, but I'm taking Kanem off that list because, um, because I think he's so focused on his bag and his contract like we just spent talking about. So I don't think he's going to risk that for, for some- for some Orlando DMs. For some extracurricular activities? Right, yeah. Yeah, for some... <laughs> for the best Disney World has to offer. Uh, <laughs> who would I say? I, Good thing it's not in Miami. That's all I'm saying. Oh, jeez, yeah. Um, you know what? You know, you, know who's gonna, you know who's gonna mess it up? It's gonna be... Um, it's not gonna be any of our core guys. It's gonna be Vincent... Vinny sex jacket. Poirier? Yeah. Because yeah. the French accent, Vincent Poirier. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I'm butchering that. It's going to be him or it's going to be like somebody we wouldn't expect. But it's not going to be somebody who's getting mad minutes. Like I, I would say, oh, yeah. Time Lord, actually, Time Lord would be dumb to do it. But Time Lord would be my vote. Um, So who's your vote for, for, for snitch on our team? Who's the one who's like, you know, that's his job to snitch? Oh, the snitch on our team. Um, I'm going cancer just because cancer is messy and he likes to make spectacle and he has his own podcast. So I would vote cancer as a snitch. And he's already public enemy number one in Turkey for completely different reasons. I support cancer and mm-hmm. speaking out in Turkey, but he's not afraid to be controversial. So I, I feel like cancer would, would easily be a snitch. Yeah, I would say can- oh, we're talking about snitching on other teams. Oh, Marcus. It's because he's a ninja and he's super covert. Marcus, easy. He's going he's gonna to do that audio flop. <laughs> and just call out other teams and get that easy charge. Yo, he's going to disqualify cats. Oh, my God. Yes, I love that. So Marcus Smart is going to – Ninja Marcus Smart. I mean, I can already picture the, the Celtics Twitter memes of, like, him as, like, Tom Cruise, like, going down – and like spying on people, Mission Impossible style. He already kind of does that. So yeah, that that's a great take. All right, man. Um, thanks for hopping on the pod. Any any shout outs you want to give? Um, I want to give one quick shout out before we end. Um, I want to shout out all the prospects who are thinking about going to HBCUs or, you know, going to the G League directly and, you know, divesting from the NCAA complex you know because they need to get their bags and get paid for their likeness so that's that's my shout out facts big facts um yeah if the hbcus can come up that'd be that'd be amazing and just in general uh screw the ncaa man they're, they're taking advantage of these kids and they like refuse to budge off of that so i uh, i 100 support that um you know, I'm gonna shout out. I'm gonna give you a shout out, man. Uh, first off, thanks for bringing me on the on the cast as always, and always inviting me to blog when you when we want to talk sports and Celtics in general. Um, I saw your tweets uh, the other day, and I know you're doing you're doing big things, and not only for yourself, moving into total freelance mode, which is like scary in this environment that we're living in now, but also just um, creating opportunities for other people, man. That that's um, that's a big move that, that that's huge for people, especially, you know, black, black people in general. Um, you know, that that's always huge. So you deserve a shout out, man. Keep doing your thing. And uh, as long- respect, respect. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've, I've been kind of quiet about it. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, 
Yeah, the work that I'm doing right now with an organization probably raised like uh, created 32 jobs for young people in New York City in a summer where like there's no SYP. Um, so I've done a lot of like online learning. So I've, I've done like 300, 400 hours on Zoom. So I'm happy to hop on with my boy, of course. Um, shout out to the plug, Ryan Arias and Coastwise Consulting Group for giving me that premium for today. But yeah, man, um, my goal is to to go freelance and take a lot of what I've learned about online learning, workshops uh, on, on art and entrepreneurship, financial literacy. So for myself, you know, I was able to develop the bag. We met at Northeastern. I was a full scholarship kid at Northeastern. So, you know, that kind of set me up to buy a house at 27 and um, yeah, man, like I'm, the house really has put me in this position where I'm recording from right now to, to go freelance. Um, you know, unfortunately, with this COVID shit, it's like the winners who were winning before are winning. The losers are losing hard. You know what I mean? So um, I'm just happy to create opportunities for people. I'm going to continue to do that. I have a book project that's dropping in fall. So I've been very, very quiet, but I've been so active during this time. Um, I'm happy to have basketball back so I can, you know, watch some games while I'm on my late night hustle, my, uh, my moonlighting, my, my nine to five and five to nine. But yeah, man, um, look out for some projects from screen shift culture. I actually spun off screens and rhymes into like a, a second LLC. So the screens and rhymes LLC and screen shift culture. So oh, yeah. a lot of that is sh 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 for now, but I'm really excited to, um, have a lot of this content out and, and shout out to my brother Malik Chardot for, uh, making some nice Instagram TV videos you're going to check out. Shout out to Michael Tony. Um, he just dropped his book, Black Anime, Lost Children of the Diaspora. I wrote and edited uh, a good chunk of that. So you should check that out. Yeah, man, everybody's eating, man. Shout out to you for being out in L.A. and surviving, you know, the craziness, man. Like, it's 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 hard, you know, to be a brother in this game. And, you know, we've talked about it in previous pods, but you know, it's hard to have staying power in the media game. Yeah, man. It's, um, I mean, appreciate the shout out and just, you know, we're all just out here trying to grind and, you know, make it in some way, shape or form, you know, and, um, just put our imprint on, on the game, I guess this not, not even basketball, but just like the media game in general. And, um, it's always good to have multiple voices out there, um, because you never know who you're representing. So, yeah, I got to give a shout out to Taylor Rooks for being a fine as hell, but B like, uh, she has been a really cool voice and she hopped on JJ Reddick's podcast and she just talked about, you know, the importance of, you know, black newsrooms. I mean, we've been in, we've been at media outlets, you know how it is, you know what I mean? Sometimes you're probably the only brother on staff or one of the few, depending on your beat. So yeah, man, that's what it's about, man. Hopefully, you know. We're becoming OGs in this thing that we can like open the door, you know, but you know, we're still trying to get in ourselves, man. Cause it's, it's hard out here, but like, that's why I appreciate the players really, you know, talking about that, like hiring opportunities is a lot of this conversation. Like, you know, I had a lot of white folks reach out to me, shout out to all my, my, my white homies who, you know, are checking in. Um, but you know, a lot of this conversation we're having right now is about, it's not overt racism and George Floyd and things like that. It's, all this is systemic, you know what I mean? Like hiring practices is a part of that. So it's like, I'm glad that we're having this national conversation. You know, I work for organizations where we do art and social justice. So I'm having these conversations all day. So I just, I'm glad that we're in this moment. Um, but like you said earlier on, like we got to use this moment to create actual change and opportunities because like, you know, we saw this happen in like 2014 
as well. I mean, this shit's been happening for 400 years, if we're being real, right? So it's like, now we got camera phones. So that's now is our time to create change. So. Oh, yeah. All right, my G. Shout out to you for listening. If you made it to the end, definitely give a like and repost if you're listening on SoundCloud. Share it on social media if you can. Uh, bless up. This is the end of this Screens and Rhymes podcast. One off. Shout out to Christian Williams. Sir, everybody out there, wear your goddamn mask. Sound like a townie. Ha, ha, ha.